1: Hello, this is Kieran Tierney. Welcome to the latest edition of Arsenal Audio Programme.
2: Arsenal vs Nottingham Forest. Tuesday, September the 24th, 2019. English Football League Cup. 1. Contents. 2 Captain. 3 Head Coach. 4. Voice of Arsenal. 5. Numbers game. 6. Player feature. 7. Academy. 8. Club culture. 9. Interview. 10. Visitors. 11. Community. 12. My story. 13. Arsenal family. 14. Arsenal women. 15. Match action. Arsenal versus Villa. 16. Teams.
3: A view from the dressing room. During the season, you're always going to have periods where things just naturally go well, but you also have to go through times that are more difficult, times where you have to show character, personality, and responsibility, and at the moment that's a phase we're in. Look at our last two matches. We know we've not reached our peak so far this season. there is more to come from us, but mentally. We're showing what we need to when we're up against it. This team can fight. On Sunday in the first half, everything was going wrong. We lost a sloppy goal. Then we lost a man. Aston Villa played really well on that day. And when you have to play for almost all of the game with 10 men, it's obviously harder to find the energy reserves to keep pushing. But we dug in. And when we most needed to, We found the answers to make sure we won the game. Don't underestimate that quality. For us to do that, we needed your support, and we definitely got it. I thought the fans were so important in the second half, especially when they instantly went in front again after Nikos' penalty. A situation like that is obviously incredibly frustrating for us all, fans and players. But the noise helped us keep going and see us get the win, especially with one less player on the pitch. The late equaliser from Callum was vital. We were pushing and pushing and got our reward just at the right time. Once that goal went in, I was always confident that we'd make the chances to win the game. And we are in a fortunate position to have Uber, who is continuing to take responsibility and attack game after game. His winner was brilliant. He saw the space in the wall. And once you give someone like that an opportunity 20 yards from goal, he's going to punish you. Uber is so important to us. He's someone you have to love on and off the pitch for a positive energy he delivers. And for the performance he brings, game after game every week, he's been delivering to us. He's one of the best strikers in the world. Speaking of individual performances, I was delighted with what Matteo Ganduzzi produced. He's the second home game in a row which has been critical for us. The way he dragged us on was exceptional. I said in my notes for the Villa game that we have to be especially supportive and patient with our young players. But I'm convinced that with all the talent we have coming through, we can be very excited for the future. As I mentioned, you can expect a lot more from us as a team, but you can also take confidence in the courage we've shown over the last few days. Now, we need to continue to build that. This is when you're really going to notice that you're at a top club fighting in four competitions. Playing on Thursday, then on Sunday, and then again on Tuesday is demanding. But we want to be successful in every cup competition, and we are looking forward to the challenge. We've got a squad packed full of players, pushing each other in training, and when you've got lots of games in a short space of time, it gives everyone a chance to push each other forward on the pitch too. You have to take every chance you get because we've got a talented group here, plus some top players coming back from injury too. That creates healthy competition. So tonight is a good chance to express ourselves against a team who are performing well in the Championship, We know from our last game against them that Nottingham Forest will make it difficult. But we need to focus on ourselves to make sure we keep gaining momentum. Thanks for your support. Granite Jacker.
4: And I Emery. The boss is determined the team progressed tonight, despite a tough schedule. Good evening. For us, our strategy in the Carabao Cup is simple. It's one more possible title and we are here to win titles. That's what we want at the club. The Carabao Cup is one option. We start against Nottingham Forest, an opponent who we respect a lot. I know their coach was at Emirates Stadium on Sunday watching our game against Aston Villa. The circumstances we played that match in were quite unusual. We had one less player for most of the game and physically that's very difficult. It was a tough and challenging match, And so it's impossible for some of those players to play again tonight, just impossible. So therefore we need to change some players, to decide what is the best first eleven for the game, and that will include some young players. We have to think of two different things when we choose the team. Firstly, we need and we want to win the game, to impose our game on Nottingham Forest. And secondly, we have to use some different players because it is so soon after our last game. We have played Thursday, Sunday and now Tuesday, and that is a strange circumstance. We accept it, of course, but really I think that if we want to give a big importance to the Carabao Cup, then usually each team needs to have enough time to prepare. Yes, you can use more players as well in these games, but the circumstances are more difficult to prepare a game. We are going to adapt to it, though, and be ready. To play three matches in less than a week for this club, for these players and for us in the coaching team is not too difficult or more difficult than usual. We have lots of players here who have the habit of playing three games in a week and the capacity to play two or three times a week. Also, we have more possibilities in our squad and the squad is big enough to be able to use different players in different games. The most important thing is to decide on the right team and to achieve the best performance we can from those 11 players and the subs to produce the right performance and to win the game. Our objective is clear in this way. We will set up the best first eleven, including some young players, to give us the best chance to beat Nottingham Forest. Last season, we played some Carabao Cup games too, so it is not new to me now. My idea is the same from last season to this season, that it is one title that we can win and that we want to win. We want to do something important in this cup, but we have difficult circumstances because of the short time between the games. Last season too, I played against championship teams and we had a very tough game on Sunday against a side who were in the championship last season. So I know very well now how good the team are at that level in England. It is a very high level and we have lots of respect for those sides. We also have respect for Nottingham Forest because historically, of course, they are a very big team and they have a big, big support. Their objective is to be promoted to the Premier League so their squad is full of players who want to play us at this level. They will want to show that against us tonight and will be highly determined against us. Also, I know that they knocked us out of the FA Cup just two years ago. It was before I was here, but it is a warning for us in the match tonight. Finally, thank you for your support on Sunday. It is what we want to see inside the stadium when we are pushing for goals. We had to take some risks in the game after the red card and when we were losing. But together we showed a strong character and personality to get the game back. We lost a bit of control at the game at times. We lost more balls than we wanted in the first 30 minutes. But our players and our supporters worked together to get it back. And we scored the goals at the end. We are creating a strong spirit and we want to continue that.
5: Voice of Arsenal. Sweet 16. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang made it 16 goals in 16 games for the Gunners with his superb late winner on Sunday. The Gabonese is fast becoming one of the club's most consistent goalscorers in its history, joining an auspicious list that includes the likes of Thierry Henry, Ian Wright, Cliff Bastin, Ted Drake and Robin van Persie. It's now 48 goals in total for Orba in just 72 games. Here's to the half-century soon. Sank to the future. Pikeo Saka became the third youngest Arsenal player to start a Premier League fixture when he took to the pitch on Sunday, aged 18 years, 17 days. The winger who had produced a magnificent display against Eintracht Frankfurt three days earlier, impressed again in front of an appreciative Emirates and was unlucky that the sending off of Ainsley maitland isles dictated a tactical rejig and his substitution at half-time. Arsenal's youngest Premier League starter was Cesc Fabregas, aged 17 years, 104 days, when he played in a 4-1 victory against Everton at Goodison Park on August fifteenth, two 2004. In second place was, like Bokeo, a young English winger who started a 3-0 win over Watford on October fourteenth, two 2006, Theo Walcott. Report it. Discriminatory chanting and antisocial behaviour is offensive to all fans and not tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive behaviour, you can report it to a steward, or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our fans and wider community. Thank you for your support. Adidas, the Addy Years. On our way to a famous league title win on March the 11th, 1989, Forrest threw one of a number of spanners into the Gunners' works in the later stages of the season, with a 3-1 win at Highbury. Nigel Clough opened the scoring for Forrest before Alan Smith equalised only for Franz Carr and Stuart Pearce to win the game for Brian Clough's team. All the goals came in the first half. Prague spot. 21 years since the Gunners entertained Nottingham Forest, it's remarkable that a club of their historic stature has yet to grace Emirates Stadium. We kicked off season 1998 to 99 with a home game against Forest at Highbury and after a 2-1 victory for Arsene Wenger's team, things didn't go well for Forest who were relegated that season. The programme was notable for including a special supplement that highlighted all of Ian Wright's 185 record-breaking goals. Barry Della, It is with great sadness that we report the death of former steward Barry Deller following a battle with pancreatic cancer. A steward since 1984, many supporters will remember Barry from his time at Highbury where he worked in numerous positions – At Emirates, Barry had the best view in the house, keeping the TV guys in check on the gantry. Always with a smile on his face, a joke and a laugh for anyone he worked with, Barry was very well-liked and popular with fellow stewards and fans alike. Our thoughts and condolences are with Barry's family. The Selly School. Enjoy the game. A warm welcome to all the children and staff from Sully School in Hartford, many of whom are attending their first Arsenal game tonight. We hope it's a night to remember for all of you. One hundred years event. The Arsenal Independent Supporters Association are hosting an event on Friday, November the twenty-second, to celebrate the club's one hundred successive seasons in the top flight of English football—a unique achievement. A venue yet to be confirmed in Islington will host what sounds like a fascinating evening with the Mayor welcoming guests and Tom Watt introducing speakers which will include Bob Wilson and Arsenal historian Andy Kelly. AISA hopes several relatives of players who appeared in season 1919-20 will be in attendance, and they are also working with the Willow Foundation, who themselves are celebrating their 20-year anniversary and hope to raise significant funds for them through an auction on the night. It's a smart casual evening, hosted between 7-9pm. to For more information, please email paulmatz at Arsenal History Society at gmail dot com or phone o seven eight five o nine two o eight double nine. In the hard copy, there is the picture of the week. Nicolas Pepe became the twenty-third Arsenal player to successfully convert a penalty in the Premier League era on Sunday. Ian Wright scored our first in a 2 0 victory over Chelsea on November the twentieth, nineteen ninety-three. Our most prolific converter. Not surprisingly is Thierry André with 23 successful Premier League spot kicks. Can you name all our penalty scorers? Take our quiz on Arsenal.com to test your knowledge. Ref Watch Tonight's match is referee Darren England's first involving the Gunners. A regular referee in the Championship... Darren was the man in the middle when Nottingham Forest lost 2-1 at home to West Brom on the opening game of this season. He also refereed them three times last term, all at the City ground, a home draw against West Brom, and wins over Stoke City and Leeds. Forest fans in London The London and Southern Counties branch of the Nottingham Forest Supporters Club, London Trickies, has been in existence since 1977 and welcomes new members. Fully affiliated to the Parent Supporters Club, members can enjoy the benefits of advice on travelling by train to matches, away-match tickets, email bulletins and social functions. The branch is a member of the Association of Provincial Football Supporters Clubs in London APFSCIL, where member clubs compete in darts and pool leagues against other London-based provincial supporters clubs as well as other sports and social occasions. For membership details, email Chairman Stephen Moon at stephen.moon2367 at btinternet.co or Membership Secretary Michael Helm, mhelm31 at live.co.uk or visit www.londontrickies.com. Above and Beyond Congratulations to Stelianus Bampari who went above and beyond with his programme selling skills on Sunday. Stelianus won an Adidas hoodie and we'd like to thank him for his super enthusiastic selling. If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond please let us know by emailing program at arsenal.co.uk. Fourth round draw. If tonight's game ends in a draw on 90 minutes, the match will be decided via a penalty shootout. There will be no extra time. The winner will go into the hat for the fourth round draw tomorrow night on Sky Sport after the Liverpool MK Dons game. Fourth round ties will take place during the week commencing October the 28th. Arsenal League champions nineteen thirty to thirty one, nineteen thirty two to thirty three, nineteen thirty three to thirty four, nineteen thirty four to thirty five, nineteen thirty seven to thirty eight, nineteen forty seven to forty eight, nineteen fifty two to fifty three, nineteen seventy to seventy one, nineteen eighty eight to eighty nine, nineteen ninety to ninety one, nineteen ninety seven to ninety eight, two thousand and one to two, two thousand and three to four. FA Cup winners 1930, 1936, 1950, 1971, 1979, 1993, 1998, 2002, 2003, 2005, 2014, 2015 and 2017. League Cup winners 1986 to 87, 1992 to 93. Charity or Community Shield winners 1930, 1931, 1933, 1934, 1938, 1948, 1953, 1991, shared, 1998, 1999, 2002, 2004, 2014, 2015, 2017. FA Cup winners 1969 to 70. European Cup winners Cup winners 1993 to 94. FA Youth Cup Winners, 1966, 1971, 1988, 1994, 2000, 2001, 2009. Arsenal Football Club, 75, Drayton Park, London, N5, 1BU. Telephone, 020 7619 5000. Website, www.arsenal.com. Email, Programme at arsenal.co.uk Directors Sir Chips Kazik, Chairman Ken Fryer, OBE Richard Carr Lord Harris of Packham Stan Cronkey, Josh Cronkey Secretary David Miles Head of Football Raoul Sanlei Managing Director Vinay Venkatesham Technical Director Edu Head Coach Unai Emery Numbers Game Win the match ball
2: Mitre Here's your number up In the program's exclusive Lucky Number competition we give you the chance to take home the match ball Listen to the PA at half time when the numbers will be announced If it matches the one on the back of your programme the match ball is yours And that's not all To make the prize extra special the ball will be presented to you by a member of the first team squad And there's more Every numbers game winner also gets a free stadium tour, so be sure to check your numbers. If you're the winner, please head to the media entrance next to the armoury after the game where an Arsenal representative will be waiting for you. Stadium tours and museum. Your prize also includes two stadium tour tickets for every winner. You've experienced the matchday atmosphere, so now is your chance to go behind the scenes with the Emirates Stadium Tour. Take your seat in the changing room, walk down the tunnel, sit in the dugout and explore the Arsenal Museum. For more info, please visit www.arsenal.com forward slash tours. Good luck. This concludes Numbers Game.
3: Spend any time in Emmy Martinez's company and one message comes through loud and clear. He is absolutely determined to become our number one. The Argentinian is closing in on a decade at the club and with Petacek and David Ospina leaving in the summer, he has never been closer to landing the spot he so covets. Having started on loan at Reading last term, Martinez faced a choice during the on-off season, stay and fight, or take up one of the multitude of offers that came his way. He went on instinct and picked the former. After all, this is part of the 10-year process that began when he arrived in England as a teenager, without any English or any family, but what he did have was nine other goalkeepers in front of him, in that pecking order. Now he is happy, he is married, with a son, and he is confident that his time has finally arrived. He hopes to underline his credentials with another positive performance against Nottingham Forest tonight. Emmy, it's the start of the new season. How's it been for you so far? Very positive, to be honest. I had a good pre-season. I've been doing well in training, and the team is doing very well. I feel great, and I'm just looking forward to the games that I can play in. This season is a bit different for you. You're now competing for the Bernard Lino for the number one spot. How does that change your mindset? I'm hungrier than I've ever been. I've been in the club for almost a decade and I have improved so much over the years. I feel technically really good. Sharp when coming out for the ball. Good on crosses. Good on shot stopping. I just need more game time. I've had that last season and I showed how good I could be performing at the top level or in a hard situation. I'm a goalkeeper who can do everything and I believe I can help this club. This is why I stayed. Otherwise, I would have moved on after 10 years. I'm really happy to stay here and challenge Bernard for the number one spot. When you're in such direct competition with someone, does that change the relationship? Bernard is a great guy. I will fight with him for a starting spot. But we will always get on. When we train, I want to be the best. When I play, I want to be the best. And I have said in many interviews that I believe I can be the number one for this club. And I will be. That will never change. But outside the pitch or outside of the training session, me and Bernard can be friends. And we go out for coffee. He's a great guy. And like me, he gets on with everyone. I'm Argentinian. And... I want to play, and he likes to play. So it's a good competition, and it's good for the squad. As you say, you've been here for nearly a decade, but can you remember about arriving here as a teenager 10 years ago? I remember a young boy just talking Spanish. I couldn't understand any English. It's all a bit emotional, to be honest, to think back to then. I never believed I could be here more than one year, but as the seasons went on... I met my girlfriend, now my wife, and at the age of 19 we had a boy who was born in North London, so looking back is very emotional. It was a brave move to come here to the UK as a teenager. Do you feel brave at the time? I was brave because I moved from my house in Buenos Aires when I was 12, and the decision I made was for my family. My dad couldn't afford to pay the bills, to be honest, and I didn't want to come here. I didn't want to leave Argentina because I was only 16. 17 when I flew to Buenos Aires to London. I was with Pablo Butner and Pepe Santoro, the independency goalkeeping coach, and I just said to them on the plane, I'm not sure if I want to stay because it was hard to move. I was training with the first team already at the age of 16. I was a promising youngster. They used to call me the marvellous Martinez at Independency. But my dad was struggling. My whole family was struggling. Obviously, I knew Arsenal because I loved football and I watched their games on TV. The decision was to help my family first and then see how I got on. But as the seasons went on, I started loving the English culture, started loving the club, started believing in myself. When I arrived, I had nine goalkeepers in front of me. But there is one thing... That I've got, and it's that I always believe in my abilities. I always said that I didn't know if it would take one month or seven years. But I will be the number one. As you mentioned, you've got a young son now, and I hear he's not bad at football already. Well, he's got Argentinian blood, so even if he doesn't like it, he will always kick the ball. He's very good at football. He's a left footer, and hopefully, he will play for Arsenal. But he's qualified to play here too. So you could have a future England star on your hands. No, he will definitely play for my country, that's for sure. My dad, his granddad, would kill me if he didn't play for Argentina. I love ing- English culture, but I'm very proud of my country. We play Nottingham Forest in the uh, Carabao Cup next. You played against them in a 4 nil win in the city ground back in 2016. What are your memories of that game? When you play in that sort of game, in a League Cup, in the FA Cup, or any kind of match against the lower league opposition, it's always tough. When you play at home, you have a big advantage, but when you go away to somewhere like Forest, you know how hard it will be. Okay, we got a 4-0 win, but that doesn't mean anything. You have been playing in the League Cup since I was 18, and I know that they will play tonight as though they have nothing to lose. Only five of our matchday squad from that Forest game in 2016 are still at the club. That shows how big a turnaround it's been in recent years. Yes, it's been a massive turnaround, but that is why when I had the opportunity to leave at the end of the season, I never wanted to go. Arsenal is my priority. When you think Nacho has gone, Lilo has gone, Per, Arteta, Gabriel, so many players I used to hang around with. And now I'm the longest serving player at the club. I think, wow, you've had a good run, but it's nowhere near where I want to be. I'm proud of how far I've come and I'm hungrier than ever. One of the players who left the summer is Carl Jenkinson. It will be brilliant to see him back at the Emmer against tonight. I think of Carl, it was probably the right time to leave. He wasn't involved as much as he would have liked, even though he played quite a lot last season. But what a guy he is. He is one of those people you always want around you, always positive. Even when he wasn't in the squad, I always had so many good things to say about Carl. He has improved so much over the years here. For him, moving to Forest was a good decision, as it is a good club. I am delighted for him. Hopefully, he plays at the Emirates and the fans recognise how much of an effort he's put into the club. And he gets a big round of applause from them. Martinez.
4: Arsenal Academy. Young Gun, Mazid Agungbo. Match report, Celeste doubleheader. Remember, Semi Ajayi. Low knees, Eddie's at it again. Young Gun, Mazid Agungbo. Words, Josh James. I see myself as a leader in the team, and I'd say I always try to be vocal on the pitch and to look to organise the side. If I see something that needs changing from my position at the back, I try and put it right. I think I've always looked to be a leader. I remember my teachers in primary school, when we had parents' evenings, they always said that to my mum. Since then I've wanted to lead by example and that's what I do on the pitch. I've got an older brother, he's 22, and I think he's helped me on that side of things as well, helping me out of situations. He used to play a bit of football when he was younger, then he went into athletics. I've had to deal with disappointments as well. I scored an own goal against Tottenham on my under-18s debut a couple of years ago, when I was 15. But that experience made me stronger in the long run. When I was younger playing in defence, I made a few mistakes which led to goals. So from a young age, I've worked on how to deal with bad moments in games. My family has helped me with that as well. So when it happened for the under-18s, I knew I couldn't let it affect me for the game. Stay in the present and concentrate on the rest of the game. That was a difficult moment, of course, but I had to get focused again on helping the team. I used to model my game on Laurent Kozelny, for that presence and leadership at the back. I always watched him when he was here, and I felt that the rest of the team feel more confident when you have a player like that behind you in defence. As a defender, that's what you want to do. Give security to the midfielders and forwards in the team. Steve Bald is now in charge of the under-23s and I played for them a couple of times in pre-season. He's a really good manager and what I've really noticed about him is that he loves to coach the small details. He's helped me a lot with that, picking up on the small things. And when you get to the higher levels, it's those details that can ultimately win or lose you games, especially as a defender. My strengths are my physicality and my speed, but I also see myself as a technical player who can pass the ball well. I haven't always been a defender... I used to play on the left wing or as number 10. I came to Arsenal from Sunday League when I was 13 and the other boys here were more technically advanced than me as they had been learning in the academy. I was from the Sunday League though but the coaches said they saw me as someone with strength and someone who was a quick learner. They thought it would be good to see me as a defender and that's how it has been ever since. To be honest, I just wanted to do anything to get to Arsenal so I would have played in goal if they had told me. I had only just moved to England when I got scouted by Arsenal, playing a tournament for my Sunday League team. My parents are both Nigerian, but I was born in Ireland, and we moved to England when I was 13 to be closer to my grandmother. From this January, I will be eligible to play for three countries, Ireland, England and Nigeria. I couldn't tell you which of those countries I would like to play for if I ever got the opportunity. That depends on a lot of things. But it would be nice to have a choice. At the moment, I'm working on a lot on my heading and trying to be more of a threat from attacking set pieces. I also need to improve my right foot so it becomes as strong as my left. It's been great since becoming full-time this year. I've moved into digs, my host family have really helped me settle in and so far the experience has been great. It's a bit different to what I was used to at home, but it's in St Albans, which is really convenient because it's only 15 minutes away from the training ground. I'm there with Nathan Butler, who's another first year so it's useful to be with someone else who's going through the same as me. My family live in Stevenage, and as it's so close, I usually spend weekends back there, then come back to St Albans on Sunday evenings. This is the first time I've lived away from home, and it's certainly made me more independent. I've got to remember things for myself now, rather than have my mum there waking me up and making sure I'm not late. I'm enjoying it. I've grown as a person and as a character. I'm determined to put everything into my training sessions.
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
4: The Basics Born, Ireland, October 20th, 2002. Joined Arsenal, under-13s. Height and weight, 181 centimeters, 78 kilograms. Position, left-back, left-centre-back. Boots, Puma Futures School, The Noble School, Stevenage Mazid Agungbo, The Lowdown Earliest memory of football Playing for St Francis when I was seven First footballer I looked up to Lionel Messi Team supported as a child Manchester United Biggest influence on my career My brother Best goal of all time Messi chip versus Bayern Munich. Best goal I've ever scored. My first goal for Arsenal versus Fulham. Best player I've ever faced. Yusufa Makoko. Who I combine best with. Kaido Taylor-Hart. Best moment of my career. Signing for Arsenal. One song to sing to save my life. 1K for you, golden ticket. Another sport I'm good at. Athletics About you Favourite footballer Lionel Messi If I could be any footballer Lionel Messi Favourite follow on Instagram Don't jealous me Favourite musician right now Paris Charis Favourite pre-match song Static Shock by Paris Charis One thing I need on an away day Headphones the one thing I want to do in my football career. Win the World Cup. If I wasn't a footballer, lawyer. My favourite TV series, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. The best thing about being at Arsenal. The homely environment. Ideal cheat meal. Creams. Around the academy. We'll definitely make it. Bukayo Saka. Most skills in the locker. Kaido taylor Hart. Best Passing Range Miguel Aziz Most Two-Footed Miguel Aziz Make the Best Manager Tom Smith Captain Material Tom Smith Most Committed Ben Cotterill. Funniest Nathan Butler Most Confident Hubert Gratzik Better Than They Think They Are Levi Lang Best Singer Levi Lang Rate yourself. Pace, 8 out of 10. Dribbling, 7 out of 10. Passing, 8 out of 10. Shooting, 7 out of 10. Defending, 9 out of 10. Physical, 10 out of 10. Academy alumni, Semi JE Though not officially considered Arsenal Academy graduate, he was already pro when he arrived at the club, Semi was a regular for our youth sides between 2013 and 2015 and he's now cemented his place at West Bromwich Albion. At the time of writing, the Baggies remain the only undefeated side in the Championship this season and that's largely down to a Jays late equaliser to salvage a 1-1 draw against Fulham last week. The defender, or defensive midfielder, snapped up from Rotherham in the summer, was in the perfect spot to head home his first goal in Baggies colours, beating keeper Marcus Bettinelli, from Matthias Perea corner. The powerful defender is yet to miss a single minute of league action this season, helping Slavin Bilic's side to rise up to six pin the table with three wins and four draws from seven games. Ajay spent the majority of his youth career at Charlton Athletic before joining us in September 2013 after impressing as a trialist. The six-foot, four-inch defender scored on his debut for our under-21s in a three-nil win over Blackburn Rovers and went on to make a further 29 appearances for Steve Getting's side assisting twice. This was followed by a move to Cardiff City, where he enjoyed three successful loan spells with Wimbledon, Crewe Alexandra and Rotherham United, before finally settling down with the latter in January 2017. He made a total of 91 appearances for the club, scoring 13 times and gaining promotion to the Championship via the playoffs in 2018. Another solid season under his belt saw him secure a move to the Baggies last summer, where he's wasted no time in becoming a fan favourite. Best of luck for the rest of the season, Semi. Academy News Niketia strikes again for Leeds United. Eddie Niketia maintained his fine goal-scoring form for Leeds United, breaking the deadlock in their 2-0 championship over Barnsley on Sunday, September 15th. The 20-year-old striker started on the bench and was called into action in the 70th minute, with both sides still on the hunt for an opener. It was a tightly contested affair with a few clear-cut chances, but once again, Neketia proved to be the difference, latching onto Daniel Pinillos' whip delivery to volley home from close range and send Leeds top of the championship table. The England under-21 international has now scored four in six appearances for Marcelo Bielsa's side, averaging a goal every 62 minutes. Orr and Abayoe make their under-18s debuts. Congratulations to Zach Orr and Malcolm Abayoe, who made their under-18 Premier League debuts against Southampton. We unfortunately lost 1-0 deep into stoppage time after a late strike from Callum Watts. But it was still a day to remember for our two schoolboys. Orr is a tall defender and an England under-16 international. While Ibaiawe is a skilful attacking midfielder who can also play on the wing. The latter has played for Netherlands under-15s and England under-16s when he was just 14. Premier League 2 fixture rearranged. We have received confirmation that our Premier League 2 fixture against Manchester City has been rearranged. Due to City's leasing.com trophy clash with Bolton Wanderers on Tuesday, October 29th, the game will now take place on Saturday, October 26th, originally Sunday, October 27th. The game will be played at City Football Academy Stadium with a kick-off at 4.30pm UK time. Both of our clashes with the citizens were full of drama last season as we were beaten 6-5 on the opening day before securing a 5-1 win in the return fixture at Meadow Park. Robbie Burton, Joe Willock and Xavier Amachi all scored once, whilst Bukayo Saka struck twice in a man-of-the-match performance.
5: Club Culture. News from Arsenal's official supporters clubs. 15 years for Bulgaria. Arsenal supporters club Bulgaria celebrated its 15th year anniversary in June in Sofia. The Supporters' Club remains the biggest official Supporters' Club of a foreign football club in Bulgaria, having around 600 official members on board. The celebration started on June the 6th with the traditional blood donation campaign entirely organised by the Supporters' Club, yet another successful charity activity similar to previous activities such as helping with tests and vaccines, the Animal Rescue Sofia, Participating in the charity football game for Autism Today and organizing a women's football tournament in support of the Association of Children with Oncohematological Diseases. June the eighth was the festive date. All the members and their friends were thrilled to welcome guests from the UK, Ireland, Hungary, and Greece, and a very special guest, John Lukic. All sorts of sports activities took place with lots of competitions and in the evening there was a fantastic Q&A with John, followed by live music, beer and songs. Mia does Arsenal Gibraltar proud. A brave three-year-old from Arsenal Gibraltar made the summer news headlines as the youngest participant at the British Transplant Games in Newport. Little Mia Mifsud took part in the under-fives 25-metre race only weeks after she started walking for the first time. Proud parents Danielle and Dion watched as the crowd roared their brave daughter over the line. After her birth, Mia was flown from her home in Gibraltar to London for treatment at Evelina Children's Hospital. She was diagnosed with a rare condition, had one kidney removed aged six weeks old, and the second at 12 weeks. She has battled through five bouts of sepsis and spent two years on dialysis. She was able to receive a kidney from dad Dion last August. Dion and his family are all founder members of the Gibraltar Arsenal Supporters Club. The Mifsud's regularly attend games at the Emirates. They're looking forward to bringing Mia back home to Gibraltar as soon as possible. Mia's Story is an inspiration to all of us. We wish her and her family all the very best. At Home with Jenkinson
2: Before Carl left for Forest this summer, he answered our at-home questions, and we thought both sets of supporters would enjoy reading all about his upbringing. Tell us about your family growing up. It was my mum, dad and brother, Mark, who is two years older than me. He was a good player as well, a tricky and quick winger. He played to a good level, but didn't quite make it at academy level. He was just below. Growing up together, he was always a bit ahead of me, but I was always playing above my age level as well, so we played a lot together. We are a close family, and we still are. I speak to my dad pretty much every day, I think. As I've got older, we've got even closer too, especially with my brother. Tell us about your family home. We were in the same house from when I was born, which was in Boxted Close in Buckhurst Hill. We had a massive park off the back of the house and huge fields to go and play football in, which was pretty good. In the evenings, my old man used to get home at about six, by which time me and my brother were playing football in the park and he would go straight there and play football with us until it got dark. The family moved out when I was about twenty-one, "'My parents live in Stamford Abbots now. "'Did you have any family pets?' "'Yeah, we had all sorts. "'We had a cat, we had a tortoise, we had a budgie, we had a goldfish, hamsters. "'To be honest, we had the lot throughout my childhood. "'Do you remember any family holidays?' "'At Christmas time we would go to Finland to see my grandparents, "'and that was a lovely place to spend Christmas. "'There was always three or four feet of snow.' and we would wake up on Christmas Day to go snowboarding or whatever. It was just outside Helsinki, a place called Box, which was a little village. We would normally have one summer holiday a year as well, something like the Canary Islands. What kind of music did you associate with family life? We've never really been a big musical family at all. We would have the radio on maybe in the mornings though, and the way to school. My brother quite liked indie music when he was in his teens, but I only really got into it when I was older. What activities would you do as a family? Well, not much as just a family. We would usually do stuff with friends or extended family. We would go out with local friends or friends of the family. Other than that, it would be me and my brother going out playing football or going on our bikes. As a family... As a family, we did sometimes go out to a place called Waldergraves, which was a holiday park. The four of us would go there sometimes for weekends. Was football always part of family life? Yeah, it was always the main sport, but that didn't mean I didn't play the other sports too. I always played all the other sports growing up. I got into golf at one point, into tennis too, and I always did athletics. I used to love all sports – then when I was 14 or 15 I got more into football and the others fell away a bit so I didn't get injured. Where did your love of sport come from? From my old man. He's very sporty. Also having two boys in the house two years apart meant we played sports all the time and we loved doing it. My brother got really good at table tennis for example. We just loved being active. We always had to do well at school though. My parents wouldn't let me not do well. And I got good grades, so they were happy about that. Because everyone knows the chances of making it in football are very slim. So they encouraged me in sport, but they wanted me to have the education in case I was heartbroken and it didn't work out. We know you were an Arsenal fan as a boy. Where did that come from? My granddad took my dad to his first game at Arsenal, but I don't know how far back in the family it went before that. Passed down through the generations. My dad grew up around Stoke Newington, so it was his local team. He passed it on to me and my brother. Has there been a game in which you've played that's been really special because your family were there? Yeah, I would say the Norwich away game when I scored. My dad, my brother and my best mate were all there, and they wouldn't usually go together, so that was great to experience that together. They were all in the away end that day. Bayern Munich away was good as well when we won 2-0 over there and I remember speaking to my dad afterwards and he was really proud as well. How has being a footballer allowed you to help your family? I think it's probably allowed my parents to retire a bit earlier than they would have done. And also dad got a season ticket at Arsenal so what more could he want? This concludes at home with Carl Jenkinson.
3: (coughs) Backed by what is expected to be their largest away following in many years, Nottingham Forest visit Emirates Stadium this evening in the third round of the Carabao Cup, hoping to repeat their heroics of January last year at the city ground when they knocked Holders Arsenal out of the FA Cup with a 4-2 win. Arsene Wenger's first third round exit in what would be his last FA Cup game as Arsenal manager. Survivors in the Forest ranks from that famous night are few and far between as the club has undergone a massive upheaval in both coaching and playing personnel since then. The East Midlanders have made a strong start in the current campaign under new French head coach Sambrio Lombongi, who replaced Martin O'Neill in the summer and in addition for winning both of their Caribou Cup ties to date at home to Fleetwood 1-0 and local rivals Derby 3-0. They are undefeated on the road this season in the Championship. Indeed, both of Forest's last two away fixtures have ended in victory. After drawing one all at both Leeds and Cholton, they won 2-1 at Fulham and in their last fixture after the international break, 1-0 at Swansea. That run of result should put the team and their travelling fans in a positive state of mind for tonight's game. Although it remains to be seen what sort of 11 Lamucci will put out given that the club's number one priority for the season is promotion to the Premier League, from which they have been absent for over 20 years, and that they have had a big game coming up on Friday night at Stoke. Forest are bidding to reach the fourth round of the League Cup for the second season running, a feat that they have not managed since 1999-2000. to Last season they knocked out two Premier League sides in Newcastle and Stoke, before suffering defeat in round four when they went down 3-2 at the competition surprise package and eventually semi finals Burton Albion, coached by ex-player Nigel Clough. In each of the two previous League Cup campaigns, their run had ended in round three, the first of them in 2016-17 against Arsenal, who defeated them 4-0 at the city ground. Giroud granite opening of the scoring with his second gunner's goal. The League Cup is a competition that Forest fans hold dear. They have reached the final six times, winning four of them, all under the management of the late, great Brian Clough. The victories came in 1978. 1-0, replay versus Liverpool. 1979, they won 3-2 versus Southampton. 1989, 3-1 versus Luton. And 1990, 1-0 versus Oldham. The defeats in 1980, 1-0 to Wolves in 1992, 1-0 to Manchester United. Forest Fact File, Formed, 1865. Nickname, Forest, The Reds, Tricky Trees. Stadium, City Ground. Capacity, 30,445. Chairman, Nicholas Randall, QC. Record Gold Scorer, Grenville Morris, 217. Social media followers. Twitter. 322.7 thousand. Instagram. 114 thousand. First meeting. The first two clubs played each other competitively in 1904. Nottingham Forest came away from Highbury with three points after a 3-0 victory in the old First Division the early days, the club was founded in 1865 when a group of Nottingham-based Shinty players decided to play association football. Nottingham Forest's first match was against Knox County in 1866. Ruled Europe. Forest won back-to-back European Cups in 1979 and 1980 under the guidance of Brian Clough, both winning by 1-0 scorelines. Forrest won their first European Cup against Swedes Malibu FF and their second against Hamburg from Germany. Their low point. Following defeat to QPR in April 2005, Forrest were relegated to the third division of the English Football League for the second time in their history. After three seasons in League One, they returned to the Championship in 2007-2008 after finishing second the players. Number seven, Graben, attacker, born Croydon, 12th for the first 88, previously Crystal Palace, Oldham on loan, Motherwell loan, Millwall, Brentford, Rotherham, Bournemouth, Norwich, Bournemouth, Reading on loan, Sunderland on loan, Aston Villa on loan. Having previously enjoyed a double-digit goal store in tallies from the Championship for Bournemouth, Norwich and Sunderland, Lewis repeated the trick last term for Forrest, with 16 league goals in his debut. On the most recent visit to London against Fulham last month, he scored twice in a 2-1 win. Number 10. Carvalho. Born Portugal, 9th of the 3rd, 97, Previously... Benfica and Vitoria Setúbal loan, A Portugal youth international, the midfielder came through the youth system at Benfica though managed only nine first team appearances for the club before becoming Forrest's record signing at 13.2 million when he left Lisbon for the East Midlands in June 2018. He became a fan's favourite but missed the start of this season with an ankle injury before scoring in his first game back the 3-0 Carabao Cup win against Derby. Number 30, Samba, goalkeeper. Born, Republic of Congo, 25th of the 4th, 94. Previously, Le Havre, Marseille, Nancy, on loan, and cm Congolese keeper, Bryce, joined Forrest in the summer after being relegated from France's Ligue 1 with Normandy club, Siem. And after initially playing second fiddle, to Kosovo international Murić, the on low Manchester City player who recently conceded five goals against England, he has established himself as Sabri Lucini's first choice between the posts. The 25 year old also started both Carabao Cup games, keeping clean sheets against Fleetwood and Derby. Number 20 Michael Dawson, defender. Born Northallerton, 18th of November 1983. Previously Nottingham Forest, Tottenham and Hull. Although Forest were the club that groomed him, Michael is very familiar with North London, having spent almost a decade here as a Premier League performer with Tottenham, during which he was capped four times by England, a committed central midfielder. He left Spurs in 2014 for Hull before returning to Forest at the start of last season, one that sadly ended halfway through for him due to a hamstring injury. The thirty five year old has been a regular starter, however this term. The boss Lamucci Manager, born november ninth, nineteen seventy one. Previously Ivory Coast twenty twelve to fourteen, a twenty fourteen to seventeen and raped 2017-18. Sabri is a former France international midfielder who represented his country here in England in Euro 96. After winning a domestic double that season with Auréa, he also scooped the French title with Monaco in 1999-2000 before moving to Italy. His first managerial posting was as head coach to the Ivory Coast, a team he led to the 2014 World Cup in Brazil. After two and a half years in charge of Quattricide El Jami, he became Reigns' boss in November 2017, but lasted only a year before losing his job. Forrest appointed him as Martin O'Neill's replacement in June. The new boy, Silva, midfielder. Born Lisbon, 2nd of the 693. One of four Portuguese players on Forrest's books, the 26-year-old midfielder, joined in July from the side that had just finished bottom of the Premier Liga and suffered relegation. Handed his forest debut on the opening day defeat at home to West Brom, he has established himself as a regular in Lubitsch's side, scoring his first goal with the club to seal the 1-0 victory against Fleetwood in the first round of the Carabao Cup. The local lad, number four, Joe Worrell, defender, born Hucknell, 10th of the first, 97. Previously, Dagenham and Redbridge on loan, Rangers on loan. A Nottingham native, 22-year-old Joe, is a rising star of the Forest Defence and has been a mainstay at the heart of the Reds' backline this season. He spent last season in Scotland on loan to Stephen Gerrard's Rangers, making 32 appearances for the Glasgow Giants, including four in the Europa League. Many may see him as a future captain, a role he fulfilled in Michael Dawson's absence in the Carabao Cup win over Derby in Round 3. Number eight, Ben Watson, the anchor man, midfielder, born Camberwell, ninth of July, nineteen eighty-five. Previously, Crystal Palace, Wigan, QPR on loan, West Brom on loan, and Watford the man who earned FA Cup immortality by scoring the last-minute winner in the 2013 final for Wigan against Man City. Ben left the Lancashire club two years later, then after a fruitful Premier League campaign with Watford in 2015-16, he fell out of favour at Vicarage Road and was struggling to make a name for himself at Forest until this season. With Lamucci now using him regularly as the team's main holder midfielder. The New Boy Number 19 Amobi Winger Born Newcastle-upon-Tyne, 1st-5th-92, previously Newcastle, middlesbrough on loan, cardiff on loan, and Bolton. The former Premier League player with Hometown Club Newcastle, Sammy is the younger brother of Magpies legend Scholler. A former England under-21 international, he never managed to make the same impact at St James's Park as his sibling. Most of his appearances coming down as a substitute, he dropped down two divisions to join Bolton in 2016 but helped them to promotion before cancelling his contract this year with the Financially Stricken Club and joining Forest, where he has made a promising start. Scouting Report by Michael Cox Sabri Lamouchi felt like a slightly obscure choice when Nottingham Forest were looking for a new manager in the summer. He had impressed in charge of Reigns, taking the club to 5th place finish in 2017-18. Although he was dismissed halfway through the following season before Reigns came across Arsenal in the Europa League earlier this year, his only previous manager experience came in a two-year spell in charge of the Ivory Coast national side. And then a spell at Qatar. Thus far, things have gone well for Lamucci. He's lined up Forrest in a 4-3-3 system that will look more like a 4-1-4-1 for long periods tonight. And while there's been an emphasis upon playing out from the back, Forrest can also mix it up by playing more direct passes into attack. The centre-backs have embraced the new regime. Veteran Michael Dawson returned to the club last summer and has a good relationship with the more mobile Joe Worrell. When Forrester playing out from the back, holding midfielder Ben Watson often drops between the centre-backs to offer another passing option, with the full-backs pushing forward. Former gunner Carl Jenkinson, who signed in the summer, is likely to miss out on the return to the Emirates Stadium after suffering a knee injury. Converted midfielder Matty Cash could therefore feature on the right-back on the other flank as Jack Robinson, a solid left-back who played here in April 2011 for Liverpool. Ahead of Watson, there is a Portuguese flavour to the central midfielder zone, as Lisbon-born Silva plays alongside Alfa Samito. Silva is more comfortable in possession and is often a midfielder that championship side attempt to press heavily. Going forward, the danger man is Joe Lolly, an excellent midfielder capable of dribbling past opponents, playing clever through balls and shooting from range. He can start from either flank, but usually drifts inside positions between the lines. On the other flank will be either Sami Abudi or Albert Admunu on the right. More direct players though. Both will drift inside too. Up front is Lewis Graben who has played his lone striker role well this season. He has got himself on the end of the crosses and also dropped deep into link play to encourage others forward into attack. Forrester press well this season. Graben's goal away at Fulham came after Labucci's side won the ball deep inside the opposition half and pounced quickly. They can also be a threat from set-pieces. In their 3-0 win over rivals Derby County, the goals came from a corner kick and then a couple of crosses after throw-ins. As with many sides coming to the Emirates, Forrest might look to maximise set-piece opportunities and play counter-attacking football, but this is a decent footballing side with fine technicians.
4: 35 years in the community. Arsenal and the community staff continue professional development, CPD event. On Friday, September 6th, Arsenal and the community hosted an internal training day for their team of casual staff. This was also offered to full-time members of the department, together with our intake of gap-year coaches and volunteers. The event was designed by staff, for staff, with the aim of raising standards across our delivery. The CPD event took place at the Arsenal Hub, where practical coaching workshops were delivered in the morning and classroom-based training sessions in the afternoon. Practical workshops focused on practice design And how to affect an individual within a team, while afternoon workshops focused on behaviour management and an Arsenal induction and feedback session. Sessions were delivered by Josh Hinkson, Under 9 Arsenal Academy, and Mark Carter, FA Regional PE and Coaching and Education Coordinator. Mark delivered a practical session based on three underlying principles from the Arsenal Primary Stars programme 1. Children are different from each other. 2. Children's time is precious, don't waste it. Three, techniques need to be applied in order to become skills. Mark Carter said afterwards, In a community club, there is a real need for all deliverers to understand the theory behind practice design, firstly so they can meet the needs of the children, but also so the club has a consistency and a clarity of message and brand. There was support from the academy on the day too. Per Murtisaka delivered a welcome speech which included his thoughts on the importance of the club's work within the community, potential pathways into academy coaching and the working relationship between Arsenal and the community and the academy. Youth Academy lead scout, under 9 to under 12, Joe Sutton, also updated on the working relationship between the two departments, which has blossomed over the last year. James Warnock from Arsenal and the community said... Today has been about developing our staff and raising standards across our various community projects. It was great to see many of our coaches attend and engage in the sessions on offer with aim of improving their skills which will ultimately impact positively on those attending our sessions. We would like to thank all those involved on the day for their contributions in making the day a success.
5: My story. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation has helped fund Mini Mermaids, a community programme that works to strengthen girls' self-confidence, self-esteem and self-compassion through mindfulness and movement. They teach children about the power of their inner voices through a curriculum that includes discussions, activities, games, workouts and journal work. Lillian, age nine, took part. I found out about many Mermaids at Hackney Downs where we were playing Pokemon Go. I decided I wanted to go along because I didn't do that much running and it sounded like fun. The first course I went to took place at Hackney Downs, the second one was in the studio Wayne Gregor, at the Olympic Park. I've now done 12 sessions on the two courses, with each session taking about 90 minutes per week, and each course finished work with a 5K challenge at Hackney Marsh's Park Run. For my first 5K, I ran with a Mama Mermaid, a grown-up who helps us along. My mum, dad and grandad all ran too, my dad's first ever 5K – and were there at the end with my nan cheering for me. The sessions are great because we don't just do running. We also do games and activities, and we read and write. We make friends and talk about being healthy, and we learn how to ignore bad inner voices and accept the good ones. Mini Mermaids is the good voice in our head, and we call the bad one siren. We learn to be more confident in ourselves and to be kinder to others and to think about what we can do, not what we can't do. We learn that we shouldn't be afraid of failure. To get ready for the first 5k challenge, I did a junior park run near my grandad's house, and then the day itself was great. All the mini-mermaids get a number and tattoos and run with our mama mermaid. Mine was Kirsty. We ran, but we also did skipping and walking. My second one was harder because it took place in the summer and was super hot, but I liked that people cheered for us and our coaches gave us high fives. The best bit was finishing and getting a medal. I feel a lot fitter, and I'm now going to the Junior Parkrun almost every week. I'm much more confident about exercise, and I've just joined a junior gym. I've made some nice friends too, and I've learned to listen to my inner voice to be more confident. I enjoyed it so much that me and my family now volunteer at the Highbury Fields Junior Park Run. Mini Mermaids is a charity and needs help to be able to help others, so thank you to the Arsenal Foundation for your support. For more info, visit www.minimermaiduk.com. Arsenal Family
2: Mark Thorogood Arsenal Life 38 staff members have worked for the club for over 20 years. This season we hear their stories of club loyalty. Mark Thorogood Department Partner Services Joined Arsenal August 1995 Favourite Moment Playing on the Highbury pitch until the small hours after our last match there. Favourite Player Dennis Bergkamp Lucky to watch him closely in training every day. Leaving West Ham schoolboys was a risk. It meant I couldn't join Arsenal until the following season. I didn't have a team for a year. But after Steve Rowley had scouted me playing for Essex and having stood on the north bank with my uncle as a kid, I was desperate to join Arsenal. It was 1993 and I was 14 and a budding young striker. We trained at the JVC Centre twice a week with games at weekends under the guidance of Pat Rice. I played for the youth team when still a schoolboy and I was told I was going to be taken on as a YTS, what you'd call a first year scholar now. My intake was only five players, one being Jason Crow, who people might remember because of his fateful debut. In those days they only took on a few lads if the next year was particularly strong and that year had Julian Gray, Andrew Douglas, Greg Lincoln, Paolo Vernazza and a few others. It was hard work as a YTS, cleaning boots, changing rooms, even cleaning the old bus behind the gunner's shop. I drew the short straw and had to clean the management boots, Bruce Rioc, Geordie Armstrong and Stuart Houston. My first year was going really well in the South East Counties League and I was selected to play in a few reserve games. Then I injured my ankle badly against Wimbledon in a youth cup game at Highbury which, followed by an injury to the other ankle, put me out for the season. The following year I damaged my knee and had to have an operation to repair the cartilage. After that the knee was never the same. It just didn't allow me to train or play with any intensity. I was 19 and my football dream was over. I didn't know what to do, but Gary Lewin spoke to the manageress at the Gunners' shop, Sarah Ryan, and there were a couple of vacancies. I thought I'd go for it and see what it was like. It was the 1997-98 double season, and there was a brilliant feeling at the club. I really enjoyed being a part of it. For the next few years, the excitement continued. We were winning something or in a final every year. Then there was the last season at Highbury, whilst all the time watching Emirates, and the huge new Armoury store grow. When we moved over, I was part of the management team at the Armoury, and a few years later promoted to become manager at Highbury House, before a move back to a more senior position at the Armoury. Things were going well. Then in 2015, I saw an internal advert for Soccer Schools Manager. Combining the business experience from retail with my love of playing the game, it seemed perfect. I got the job. We had soccer schools domestically and nearly 30 internationally. Australia, America, Japan, Iceland, all over the world. There was a lot of travel initially, managing the franchises and looking to set up new soccer schools. It was a completely different world for me, and I loved it. However, it became clear that something needed to change. Domestically, there was little potential for growth, and internationally, it was becoming difficult to manage important safeguarding and health and safety requirements, which have, rightfully, come under a far greater focus in recent years, and which eventually resulted in the decision to close the franchise model. However, the club needed to retain some of the coaching expertise provided to franchisees. We currently have around a dozen commercial partners that have a coaching element as part of their contractual rights. So, in 2018, we set up Arsenal Football Development, which I head up, working with programme manager Simon McManus. To service the club partners, we listen and understand what their coaching objectives are and create a programme that works for them. It might involve children, it might be an adult coaching experience or a coach education piece. For example, we are currently working with World Remit on their Future Stars activation, which will stretch across Africa and South America, where people will vote for their favourite football coach. The ultimate prize being an Arsenal experience, where they will receive practical and theory coaching sessions, a stadium tour and to watch a match at the Emirates. Visit Rwanda, on the other hand, have used their coaching rights to support the Rwanda FA, creating a legacy piece. Simon works with their technical director across multiple age groups. It's exciting and it shows how varied partner activation can be. Our football development programme has a large coaching pool that we can utilise. This allows us, alongside our club partners, to also work with established businesses that have the same core principles, providing fun, coaching experiences in safe environments for children. We work closely with exportised language schools in the UK, and we're teaming up with a summer camp provider in the US starting next year. Both are good examples of the reach football development can have. It's been a great challenge setting up Arsenal Football Development, and I'm sure there are some really exciting times ahead. My Arsenal career has been one of very different challenges, from playing to retail to marketing and now working within the partner service team. I think it's this variety that has allowed me to really enjoy my time here. This concludes Arsenal Family.
3: Montemuro switched to a fluid 4-4-2 after the restart with Jordan Nobbs making her first start since her return from the anterior cruciate injury. Joining Momenda in attack, this saw us take control of the game and carve open a number of promising chances with Jill road. Mandia and little force in Erps into three difficult saves in quick succession. With less than ten minutes to play, Medema shielded the ball inside the area and fired a dangerous snapshot towards the far corner, only to see it rattle the post to be cleared behind for a corner. It looks as if the game was headed for a draw, but then came substitute Vandy Donk to pounce on the loose ball inside the area and fire home to deservedly secure. To create the half's most promising goal-scoring opportunity. When Lisa Evans whipped the ball into Vivian Medema, whose powerful header was parred away by Mary Epps, Medema latched onto the rebound and fired at goal but Erps was on hand to produce another quick reaction save. Montemuru switched to a fluid 4-4-2 after the restart with Jordan Nobbs, making her first start since her return from the Uteria Crutica injury, joining Medima in attack. This saw us take control of the game and carve open a number of promising chances with Jill Roode. Medima and Little forced Earps into three difficult saves in quick succession. With less than 10 minutes to play... Mia Dima shielded the ball inside the area and fired a dangerous snapshot towards the far corner, only to see it rattle past the post and behind for a corner. It looked as if the game was headed for a draw, but then came substitute Van de Donk to pounce on a loose ball inside the area and fire home to deservedly secure all three points. Arsenal women, Beth's historic treble. Continental Cup, Sunday, September 22nd prince's park dartford Football club london city linus's neil Arsenal five mead the scorer twenty- eight minutes fifty seven minutes seventy nine minutes roared thirty three minutes mitchell fifty-four minutes Beth Mead scored her first Arsenal hat trick as we kicked off our Continental Cup campaign in impressive style on Sunday, beating London City five-nil at Prince's Park. Leah Walty was named as the start in eleven for the first time since suffering a knee ligament injury last January, two hundred and fifty-two days ago, whilst Pauline Pemrod Magnan, Emma Mitchell, and Academy Product Melissa Phyllis all made their first starts of the season. Meade kicked things off by forcing Lucy Thomas into a difficult save from distance inside 30 seconds before Jill Rawls saw her low dive cleared off the line. We continued to dominate play and shortly after Meade opened the score in, plucking the ball out the air before weaving past two defenders and firing into the root of the net. Roode, who pulled the strings in midfield all afternoon, went on to fire a stunning strike in the top left-hand corner after a second since joining from Bayern Munich in the summer. We took things up a level in the second half too as Danielle Van de Donck drifted into the area and teed up Emma Mitchell who applied the finishing touch to a wonderful team move at the far post. No sooner than the Lionesses could regroup Mead made it 4 by fizzing an effort into the bottom left corner and 10 minutes later from time she completed her hat-trick firing a deflected effort past Thomas on the turn. <laughs>
4: Match Report. Aston Villa. Premier League Match Day 6, 4.30pm, Sunday, September 22nd, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal, 3. Aston Villa, 2. Pepi, 59. Penn. Chambers, 81. Aubameyang, 84. Aston Villa. McGinn, 20. Wesley, 61. Arsenal, 1. Leno, yellow card. Sixteen, Maitland Niles, yellow and red card. Twenty-three, Luis. Six, Socrates. Thirty-one, Kolasinac Thirty-four, Jacka. Seventy-one, twenty-nine, Ganduzi, yellow card. Nineteen, Pepe, yellow card. Eight, Sabios, seventy-one. 14. Obamiang, yellow card. 77. Saka, 46. Substitutes: Martinez, Chambers, 46. Toruria, 71. Willock, 71. Nelson, Ozil, Martinelli. 13. Heaton. 24. Gilbert. 22. Engels, yellow card. 40. Mings. 3. Taylor 11 Nakamba 85 10 Grealish 7 McGinn 21 El Ghazi 86 15 Wesley 25 Trezeguet, 68 Substitutes Lansbury 86 Steer El Mohammadi 68 Conza Haurahain 85 Davis Peliteiro First half, we twice came from behind to earn a memorable win at the Emirates, despite playing most of the game with ten men. A sluggish start culminated in the visitors taking the lead when John McGinn turned in Anwar El Ghazi's cross from close range. Our task got even harder when Ainsley Maitland-Niles was dismissed for a second bookable offence shortly before half-time. Second half, despite our numerical disadvantage, we started the second half strongly, and found an equaliser after Matteo Guendouzi was brought down in the box. Nicolas Pepe stepped up to smash home his first Arsenal goal from 12 yards. But barely a minute later, Wesley re-established Villa's lead, squeezing home his shot at the near post. We piled forwards in search of an equaliser and found one through an improved finish from substitute Callum Chambers. It was game on, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang raised the roof when he thumped home his free kick from just outside the area. After he himself was brought down, the three points were assured, moving us into the top four. Match stats Total shots Arsenal 21, Aston Villa 14, Shots on target Arsenal 6, Aston Villa 9, Corners Arsenal 9, Aston Villa 4 Offsides Arsenal 2. Aston Villa 0 Fouls Arsenal 13 Aston Villa 15 Possession percentage Arsenal 58% Aston Villa
5: 42% Teams For Arsenal Head coach Bunai Emery Red shirts with white sleeves White shorts and white socks 1. Bant Leno Goalkeeper 2 Hector Bellerin 3 Kieran Tierney 5 Socrates Papastathopoulos 8 Dani Sebajos 9 Alexandra Lacazette 10 Mesut Özil 11 Lucas Torreira 14 Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang 15 Angel Maitland-Niles 16 Rob Holding 19 Nicolas Pepe 20. Schroeder Mustafi. 21. Callum Chambers. 23. David Lewis. 24. Rhys Nelson. 26. Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. 27. Konstantinos Mavropanos. 28. Joe Willock. 29. Matteo Ganduzzi. 31. Zid Golasinac. 32. Emil Smith-Rowe. 33. Matt Macy, goalkeeper, thirty-four; Granite Chaka, thirty-five; Gabriel Martinelli, seventy-seven; Bukayo Saka for Nottingham Forest head coach Sabri Lamucci. Royal blue and navy blue shirts, navy shorts and socks. One Costel Pantilimon, goalkeeper; two Yuri Ribeiro; three Tobias Figueredo; four Joe Worrell. 6. Alexander Milicevic. 7. Louis Graben. 8. Ben Watson. 10. Ju Covalho. 11. Matty Cash. 12. Jordan Smith, goalkeeper. 13. John Bostock. 14. Raphael Meir. 16. Carl Jenkinson. 17. Alpha Samedo, 18. Jack Robinson. 19. Sami Amiobi. 20. Michael Dawson. 21. Samba Sao. 22. Ryan Yates. 23. Joe Lolly. 24. Claudio Jacob. 27. Tendai Darikwa. 28. Tiago Silva. 29. Johan Benaluani. 30. Bryce Samba, goalkeeper. 36. Kemo Rodriguez. 37. Albert Adoma. 39. Zack Clough. 44. Michael Heffley. 49, Arianet Murich, goalkeeper. Match officials, referee Darren England. Assistant referees, Timothy Wood and Daniel Leach. Fourth official, James Linnington. Tonight's other fixtures, all at 7.45pm. Colchester United vs. Tottenham Hotspur. Crawley Town vs. Stoke City. Luton Town vs. Leicester City. Portsmouth vs. Southampton. Preston North End versus Manchester City. Sheffield Wednesday versus Everton. Watford versus Swansea City. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. An amissable lineup on BT Sport: Premier League, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, the Emirates FA Cup, Ladbrokes Premiership, UEFA Super Cup, Betfred Cup, Gallagher Premiership Rugby, Heineken Champions Cup, European Rugby Challenge Cup, Bundesliga, Vanarama National League, MotoGP. WTA Fight Night Live UFC KFC BBL FIH Hockey World League Barclays FA Women's Super League BT Sport Speedway WRC World Rally Championship Major League Baseball Search bt.com slash sport BT Sport
2: Hello, Arsenal. We're here with fresh beer. Camden Hell's Lager and Camden Pale Ale are now available from every draft bar at Emirates Stadium. Cheers. Camden Town Brewery, official beer partner of Arsenal FC. Facebook and Twitter, Camden Brewery. Website, camdentownbrewery.com EA Sports. FIFA 20.
4: Pre-order now. Available